Well, good morning, everyone. My story for you today before I preach is a true story that happened to us on our recent trip to Darwin. We went on the uh, Darwin Harbour Sunset Dinner Cruise and uh, we were seated next to another couple and uh, we were talking to them, of course, during the evening and um, finally uh, they said, are you still working? I said, yes. Well, what sort of work, work, work do you do? I said, well, I'm a pastor. And they said, oh. And I said, and I work for the Churches of Christ. And they looked a bit funny. And they said, um, oh, our, our um, friend um, uh, does that work. It is very, very skilled, skilled work. And I said, well, actually, I do a lot of this, sitting around and talking to people. They looked a bit strange again. They said, well, our friend, he's been trying to cut his work down uh, to about three days a week, but all these customers keep on wanting him to come to their homes and uh, to work on their homes. And I said, oh, hang on a minute. Did you think that I said I was a plasterer? They said, yeah. I said, I'm not a plasterer. I'm a pastor. But I do do plastering. Uh, that's one of the skills I picked up. So maybe I am the plastering pastor who likes faster pasta. <laughs> Shall we pray? Lord, we thank you the book of Hebrews tells us. The word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. We thank you, Lord, for that promise about when we read your written word, when we study your written word, it's like a sword. It gets into us. It can challenge us. It can disturb us. It can motivate us. We pray your, that your word does its thing today. The Holy Spirit uses the word to strengthen our faith. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You will hear of wars and rumours of wars. Of course, these are the words of Jesus that come from Matthew 24 when he's speaking about signs of the end of the age. When he's speaking about the signs of the last days. And I believe the Bible teaches us that the last days are between Jesus' first and second coming. Between his first and second coming, they are the last days. Therefore, we are in the last days. Um, some call it the church age or it is the, the age of grace. But during this time, you'll hear of wars and rumours of wars. Ain't that the truth? We'd agree with that. But these words equally apply to Old Testament times. For, an, for in the Old Testament, there were constantly wars and rumours of wars. The Israelites had to fight battles to claim the promised land. And once they settled in the land, they needed to defend and expand their borders. Old Testament times were times of wars and battles. If a nation wanted wealth and resources, then the easiest way to get them was just to invade another nation and steal theirs. So because of the warlike times, the Hebrew people found themselves fighting many battles. We know that when we read the Bible. There's lots of battles they fought. And as they fought these many battles, there was one principle they always needed to keep in mind. There was one mantra that should always be on their lips, and it was, the battle is the Lord's. If they had faith in the Lord God, he would fight for them and give them victory. Even before 
they entered the promised land, God gave them the law of Moses to to live by, and part of that law is the following that comes from Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 1 to 4. When you go out to fight your, your enemies and you face horses and chariots and an army greater than your own, do not be afraid. The Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt is with you. When you prepare for battle, the priest must come forward and speak to the troops. And he will say to them, Listen to me, all, all you men, all you men of Israel. Do not be afraid as you go out to fight your enemies today. Do not lose heart or panic or tremble before them. For the Lord your God is going with you. He will fight for you against your enemies. He will give you victory. In short, the priest would remind the troops that battle is the Lord's. Now, this is the background we need as we turn today to study Psalm 20. For Psalm 20 is a psalm the people of Israel sang before the troops went into battle. And you may have noticed about Psalm Psalm 20 that the point of reference or the subject seems to change several times. Sometimes the people are speaking about someone else or to someone else. Other times they're speaking about themselves. So, for example, the first four verses of Psalm 20 read, In times of trouble may the Lord answer your cry. May the name of God of Jacob keep you safe from all harm. May he send you help from his sanctuary and strengthen you from Jerusalem. May he remember all your gifts and look favourably on your burnt offerings. May he grant your heart's desires and make all your plans succeed. So it's believed that these words, the Hebrew people prayed or said as they gathered for worship before battle, they were praying blessings upon their king, upon their king David. They were praying for him. Now apparently Psalm 20 and is linked with Psalm 18. In Psalm 20, the people pray for their king David before the battle. In Psalm 18, David prays for himself before battle. So, for example, the first three verses of Psalm 18 read, David's words, I love you, Lord, you are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my saviour. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me and my place of safety. I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise and he saved me from all my enemies. Aren't they wonderful words? Of dependence upon God. So in Psalm 18, David acknowledges that the battle is the Lord's. He is my rock, he is my strength, he is my fortress, he is my saviour. But in Psalm 20, the people are praying blessings upon him, upon David, as he leads them into battle. For if David is successful in battle, then surely the army will be, and the nation will be successful. If David wins, then Israel wins. And so they pray, with a, they say, um, the Lord will answer your cry. The Lord will keep you safe from harm. The Lord will help you. The Lord remembers all of your gifts and your burnt offerings. Because David, you're proven to be faithful to God. May the Lord grant your heart's desires. 
May all your plans succeed because, David, if you are successful in battle, we are successful. Then in verse 5, this point of reference or the subject changes. The people speak for themselves. May we shout for joy when we hear of your victory and raise a victory banner in the name of our God. The battle is the Lord's. We look forward to God giving us victory and we will raise a victory banner, not in our name, but in the Lord's name. Then, again, they go on to pray for David. May the Lord answer all your prayers. King David, you are so in tune with God that we pray the Lord will grant whatever you ask of him. Then in verse 6 of the psalm, the people again speak for themselves, but this time becomes very personal because they use the word I. Now I know that the Lord rescues his anointed king. He will answer him from his holy heaven and rescue him by his great power. I know the Lord rescues his anointed king. For David, you are our anointed king. Do you remember the story? That God had turned his back on the king Saul and he said, I have chosen a new king. And he said to the prophet Samuel, go to a man called Jesse and there you will anoint one of his sons as the next king. So Samuel went to to Jesse's house and he first saw Jesse's oldest son, Eliab, a big strapping man. He thought to himself, that's the one that God wants. But God spoke to Samuel the famous words, no, God does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So, in fact... Samuel had seven of Jesse's sons parade before them, all big, strong blokes. God said, nope, not that one, not that one, not that one, not that one. So Samuel said, do you have any other sons? Well, we have the teenager David out in the fields mining the sheep. Send for him. And when Samuel saw him, God spoke to Samuel and said, he's the one, anoint him. And so Samuel anointed David as the next king when he was just a teenager But it actually took about 25 years until David assumed the throne at 40 years of age. And therefore the people say, the Lord Lord rescues his anointed king. You are anointed to be our king. And then in verses 7 and 8 of the psalm, the people speak again for themselves and they express their own faith in God. Some nations trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Those nations will fall down and collapse, but we will rise up and stand firm. Aren't they wonderful words? If an enemy comes against us with their horses and their chariots, their so-called superior weapons, we have no need to fear. Because God is with us. The battle is the Lord's. Now straight away you might be thinking about that incident at the Red Sea and the Hebrew slaves. Because uh, remember that uh, after the final plague, the plague of death, Pharaoh's um, will was finally broken and he set the captives free. The Hebrews fled, they left Egypt. But then we remember Pharaoh changed his mind wanted to bring revenge upon them, so he set out after them with his 600 chariots. 
And the people were blocked by the Red Sea and the 600 chariots were coming against them. But God performed the miracle. He opened the water and they walked through on the dry land. And when the chariots followed, God closed the waters and wiped the 600 chariots out. Psalm 20 tells us, Some nations trust in chariots, some in their horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Now, our current series on the Psalms is entitled Praying Through the Psalms. That is, the message of the Psalms can speak to us. We can use the message of the Psalms in our own prayers. We can use the message of the Psalms as a prayer. Therefore, how do we pray through Psalm 20 with its major theme of the battle is the Lord's? For surely we are not in a battle. I mean, we don't go out with weapons and fight some army? Or do we? You see, in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 12, Paul speaks to his Christian readers like a pep talk before a battle. These are Paul's words. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all God's armour so that you'll be able to stand firm, that word again, stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. In short, friends, We might not be fighting physical battles, but we are daily fighting a spiritual battle, according to Paul. A battle against the unseen spiritual powers of this world. And these unseen spiritual powers are constantly at war with us Christians to undermine our faith in God. Have you ever heard someone say to you, I've got this, I've got this. Something's too hard for us. Maybe it's a burden, a load, and someone comes along and says, it's okay, I've got this. Something we're struggling with, it's a problem for us, but for them, it is easy. They just come along and say, don't fret, I've got this. And they just do it. Well, I believe that's what Jesus says to us in times of stress and trouble. Don't fret, I've got this. You see, the voice of the unseen world says, life has too many worries. You have to hang on to them all. You have to stew about all your worries. You need to churn them over and over again as you lie awake at night. No one can save you from your worries. But the person of faith says, I know my worries are too much for me. That's why Jesus says, don't fret. I've got this. So I'll hand my worries over to Jesus, for he promised me, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take your yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your souls. And the voice of the unseen world says, fear is all around you. There is much of which you should be afraid. These days you're not even safe in your own home. 
fear surrounds us, fear of disease, fear of accident, fear of poverty, fear of harm, fear of not coping, fear of death, fear of fear itself. But Jesus says to us, don't fear, I've got this. The person of faith echoes the words of Psalm 27 verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And the voice of the unseen world says, you have to realise that this world is totally out of control. Those with the most powerful horses and chariots, they're the ones with all the power. Forces like President Putin or President Lukashenko, or the Chinese government, or the Myanmar military junta. They hold the power. They have the most powerful chariots, so they control the destiny of this world. But regarding the world's future, Jesus says to us, don't fret, I've got this. The person of faith says, not earthly regimes, But God holds the ultimate power and the destiny of this world. For some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we will rise up and stand firm. The person of faith believes that Jesus has got this. He's got this world in his hands. That God through Jesus is is in control of this world and his ultimate will will be done. Jesus will return at the time that God has ordained and then every power and regime will bow at his feet and openly proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So remember, friends, Through all the conflicts that we face in life, the battle is the Lord's. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They will be brought to their knees and fall, but we will rise and stand firm. Whatever is our burden, whatever is our battle, Jesus says to us, don't fret. I've got this. Perhaps more importantly, he says, don't fret, I've got you. Shall we pray? We're just going to have a time of silence now for you to reflect upon this message and the words of it and about our own battles. What battles are we facing? What battles are we trying to cope with ourselves? What worries are we trying to cope with? Instead of realising the battle is the Lord's and allowing Jesus to say, don't worry, I've got this. In a time of silence, let's reflect upon that.
We thank you, Lord God, that the battle is the Lord's. Through the Holy Spirit, help us not to try and fight it ourselves. We thank you that all the promises of Jesus can be summarised by, don't fret, I've got this. And we thank you, Lord, particularly for your promise that says, don't fret, I've got you. Thank you, Lord, we pray in your name. Amen.